turning now to that portion that we read together, and we'll look tonight at words that we find in Matthew 7, and we can read from verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, his people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. A well-known portion of God's Word. And it is emphasizing for us the need to obey the Word of God. It has been said that instant obedience is the only kind of obedience for the Christian. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Instant obedience, the only kind of obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And while that surely is true for the Christian, it's true for anyone. How many people, maybe you're here tonight, and yes, you want to be a Christian sometime, but not tonight, not today, some other time. When you know what is required, when you know what the Word of God asks of you, and yet you are not willing to obey at this time. And surely, friends, if we know that it is a command of the Lord, it is a, a, a clear word from the Lord to believe and be saved, why would any not seek to obey? When we have given a lawful command of God, surely an immediate response is required. And to immediately respond positively to what is required of us. Knowing what we have here, I think we can call it a parable, though it's not, of course, uh, the word parable is not used regarding it. But here is in this final section on the Sermon, we know the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the Lord's teaching in it is surely very clear to us. It is basically this hear what I say but also do what I say. And I think that comes across very clearly for us. We don't need any great theologians to understand that uh, from that passage uh, regarding the building of the house. It is about hearing what is said and also doing it. There are some parables that need explanation and uh, elaboration to understand them. But I don't think any of us have any doubt, surely, even from the youngest person here who can understand exactly what is being taught 
here for us. We know the disciples, for example, had to ask for an explanation of the parable of the sower and the seed. But that's not required here, not by them, and surely not by any of us here either. This is very, very clear. Of course, the, the, the saying, building on the sand, has become a well, well-known saying, in, even in the world around us, while uh, it may be true, and it probably is true, indeed it is true, that many who use it don't realize where it actually comes from. Well, the world may use building on the sand, oh, but here it is, this is where it is, like many other uh, sayings that we have in this world. And when you think of many that we could use in the same way without people realizing these are words that have come from the Lord Jesus himself. Here then is uh, this picture that we have here. There's building on the rock and there's building on the sand. And there is here, of course, the rock, which is Christ for us. Obviously, again, we don't have to go into the detail of that too much. Everybody knows. But as I said, there is also the emphasis here on the doing and the not doing. Whoever, so, whosoever heareth these saints of mine and doeth them. And likewise, that's in verse 24 and in verse 26. Everyone that heareth these saints of mine and doeth them not. And there is the contrast brought out for us. And it's the contrast that applies surely to us here this evening. Both sides of us are brought out before us here. And so the overall teaching then is clear enough and simple enough and I don't think I need to go into any great theological discussion to bring this before you tonight. A simple gospel message that we all must apply friends, to ourselves. And we have here, we have two builders, we have two buildings, and we have two foundations. And we'll look at it as the Lord enables us in that way. But looking at it, friends, whoever we are tonight, and I wouldn't like anyone here to think, well, this won't apply to me because I'm a Christian, so this is for those who are not. It is for all of us, friends. And we all have to learn lessons from the word of God, whatever the application is, we should apply it first to ourselves before we start thinking of others. So then we have, first of all, in the beginning, we've got two builders. Now, the first year, while they have, indeed we can say, they have some things in common. There are some things that are true of both. They are nevertheless quite different in their outlook. They have this in common, that they are both building a house. But it's about where they are building. They are both building. They are both busy. They are both doing as they see fit for themselves and what they understand should be done. Now, people would see, if you like, if you would apply this in a way that people were seeing, if you were two building out there somewhere, two busy people. Two people engaged in very similar work so that one was looking just as industrious as the other. There would be no great difference in that way. So not only did they both begin to build, but they also both completed the work that they were doing. 
but they completed it to their own satisfaction of building their own house. So then what is the different, different about them? Well, obviously that one would probably have gone up faster than the other. Went up faster for a particular reason. In Luke 6, in the same parable, we are told that the one digged deep and the other built, of course, upon the sand and the earth. And the digging deep takes time. And the digging deep is what is required as well. Here was one digging until he came to the rock. Here was one digging knowing that he needed to be sure what he was doing. And knowing that he had to obey what he had been asked to do. So that he would follow, as it were, the plans that were set out for him. And he wasn't just content to build anywhere. He wasn't content to start building just somewhere that suited himself. And so he would labour at it. He wouldn't be just content with just anything at all, anything, as it were, superficial. That is a picture we have here of someone who put effort into it, someone who would want to do whatever was required, someone who would have thought the matter through in his own mind and knew it was not enough, just as it were, to throw something together that might look good from the outside. You see, he would realize there was more required. Whosoever heareth these saints of mine and doeth them. And notice that, friends, there's the hearing and the doing. What was he hearing? He was hearing certain things of how to do certain things, what was required for him. And he knew then that to do, for it to stand the test of time, he had to follow the instructions that were given to him. It looked as if someone who would take advice, and he listened, and he learned. Whosoever heareth these saints of mine, and doeth them. There's the wise man. There's the wise man tonight as well. Here, friends, now is it not a clear teaching for ourselves? Whoever we are tonight, here is a teaching for you and I how we are to hear and what we are to do. Do you see the teaching for yourself here, the spiritual teaching? There's a way to go. There's a plan to follow. There are instructions to listen to. And there is obedience required then in what we are to do. And the Lord Jesus here surely is stressing the need to listen. But not only to listen, but to learn. And not only to learn, but to do what is required in the word of God. And the picture here then is one of them who heard uh, the teaching and acted upon it. And he did so exactly as was required of him. One who was not content with a superficial building. One who recognized here that he had to set aside his own ideas and recognized the need doing so to build upon the rock. He had to dig deep to do so. And so, friends, the context here is important. Remember the background to the parable that we have here before us. Remember what we read in, in verses um, 
20 onwards, they're 22 to, to 23. By the fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The will of my Father. There is the instruction. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and named done wonderful things. And then I will say, profess to them, I never knew you. You see, there's the context of what is brought before us here. That's the context of this parable, as I call it here, for us all to see. You see, here is one who is not leaving anything to chance. Not for him building his hope on his own understanding. Not for him working out, as it were, his salvation according to his own thinking. The clear teaching here of the Lord is obvious, even to the youngest child, as I said here. And yet, oh, how many still build their hope for heaven on their own religiosity. This is the way that I think. I don't need to do this to get to heaven. I don't need to follow what you are saying. I can meet God at home. Why do I need to come to church? We all hear, and those of us who are ministers particularly, all these things we hear so often. People, I'm sure some of you hear it yourselves. This idea of what a Christian is according to what I think, they say. Not according to the word of God. And surely, friends, the danger is clear here. Have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not been good people? We are not the worst people around. Surely that is all that is required of it. My dear friend, if that is you here tonight, beware. Beware. For what you are doing is building on the sand. If you have not built upon the rock, if you have not your sole hope in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, you are lost. And you're going to be like the second builder rather than this first one that I've been looking at. You see, when there is an outward form, and there are many like that, with an outward form of Christianity, with an outward form of religion, and nothing at all of true love for Christ in their hearts. You should ask yourself. Don't fool yourself. But I say this to you. The day of testing is coming. Be like the man. Who dig deep. Be like the man. Who wanted to build on the rock. Be like the man. Who had no desire. But to follow the rule. The only rule to direct us. The word of God. Who may glorify and enjoy him. So here's this first builder. He is doing what was required. He is following exactly what he know, knew was necessary. But then there's another man as well, is there not? Everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not, like a foolish man. Let's consider this man. A foolish man. A foolish man. Oh, friend. Is this a title to you tonight? Foolish man or woman, boy or girl, without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, sad to say, that's what you are. Foolish still. It wasn't, as we saw, that this man wasn't building. 
It wasn't that he wasn't busy building. He certainly was. Because he built a house. He was engaged in it. But what was the great difference here? Well, friends, was it not that he was doing what pleased himself in his own way? Not maybe the outward form. It may well have been that they both look exactly the same above the ground as it were. And notice it wasn't that he didn't know. Because in verse 26 he says, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. It wasn't that he hadn't heard the sayings. It wasn't that he didn't know what to do. But here he is, he doeth them not. He heareth these sayings, but he doeth them not. Is that a description tonight of someone here? You're hearing, but you are not doing. He knew what was required, but he thought he knew best. Oh, I don't have to go so deep. I don't need to follow the exact instructions. I can be a believer according to my own understanding. I don't need to be as strict as you free church continuing people are. That's not necessary. I can live and be a Christian without all these things that you are asking for. But you see, friends, what does the word of God say? And that's the spiritual teaching here. The word, the instruction, is what we have to follow. You hear these sayings. You hear because he speaks. And he speaks because he wants you to hear. And you have the word given to us here so that we will learn from it and live by it. And sadly, I believe there are many just like that in the world today. Those who are happy to be nominal Christians and yet who have never done other than have a superficial outward forum of Christianity about them. You are here tonight, whoever you are, and you are here in the gospel, and you know what is required of you. And some of you are still yet depending on somehow or other of things being right with God through your own efforts. Yes, I know the Bible says that. Yes, I know that's what's required, but, well, I'll get there eventually. I'll do what I think, and then, in my own time, I'll suit myself and come and ask for mercy and forgiveness. Maybe it's not exactly, but the Bible, well, is an old-fashioned book. Surely there's other ways now. Surely there's other ways of pleasing God. Oh, I believe in God, you say. You never doubt that there's a God. But these are different days. These are different times. We live in modern times. This is now how I see it. My friend, you are deluding yourself. Or you may be impressing people around you. They may see you even with your busyness in church attendance. You may be someone who never misses the means of grace. Indeed, you may be here already at all the services Maybe as often, if not often, are some professing Christians. And that again, friends, how often we hear that as well. And sadly, some of us have seen that over the years. How some adherents are more faithful in the house of God than some professing Christians. Some adherents who were not kept by a little cold or a little wet or not feeling very well. 
when Christians so often find as if it were any excuse, well, I'm a Christian anyway, so it doesn't matter. My friend, the witness is so important. How we live as Christians, we are professing Christians. How others see us, the witness of Christ, the name of Christ. It's the name of Christ, friends. We need to be aware of this. Is that you, though, here tonight? We're given the wrong impression. Outwardly given the right impression, but to God, he knows, and things are not what they ought to be. And yet, here you are tonight, and you have to ask yourself, what am I building I'm a builder, as it were, but what am I building? Are you realizing, are you giving any thought to the ultimate end of what you have built? Will it stand that ex examination on the last day, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ? Friends, it's a question for us all. I ask myself as I ask you. Will it stand? Will I be able to stand in the last day? What am I coming with? Is it just an outward form? Will that then be seen on that day for me? The God who knows me, the Christ the judge who will be there, who knows every thought and intent of my heart. Oh, my friends, let's beware of shallowness. Let's beware of no depth Christianity, for it will be revealed at the last day for us all. And none of us, whoever we are, whether we're in the pew or in the pulpit, will be saved by our outward forum, our building, just a, 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 an edifice that's of no consequence whatsoever. Yes, we can be engaged in the work. Yes, we can be engaged in coming together to God's house often. Yes, we can be seen to be good people. But what's that? Is that really it for us? Well, friends, time's going on two builders. And then there are the two buildings in more detail. Now, there's no hint here from the Lord's parable that they look any differently outwardly. <coughs> Excuse me. And friends, tonight, whoever we are, yes, even those of us professing Christians here, should this not cause us to examine our own lives. Looking outwardly as if everything is fine. How we should take nothing for granted. Good for us to examine ourselves afresh. We looked at that some of us this morning. But the great difference here, of course, is in this building, whose building plans are being followed? Are we living according to the word of God? Are we living according to the scripture? Is it for you and I the only rule to direct me as well? One man here knew his house was safe because he had made every effort to dig deep according to the instructions that he had. 
And having done so, when the storms came, when troubles try him, when the winds of animosity and persecution come, he has confidence in the building, not in himself. Why is he confident in the building? Because he has built, according to the schedule, the plans he heard from the master builder himself. He has given him what is required. He has followed the instructions. He has been, as it were, uh, totally totally following them to the letter in one sense. And so he is sure that the one who gave him this, gave him the instructions, that he has his trust in him. And if following him, he knows that his building is safe. So that when the rain descends and the floods come and the winds blow and beat upon that house, it fell not. Oh, my dear friends, there's the Christian. Do you know that tonight for yourself? Have you that assurance in your own heart? You've gone through trials and tribulations. You've had winds and storms and now opposition. But one thing is sure with you. Christ is my rock. I trust in him and nothing will come to move me from that in any way whatsoever. And so he knew he was safe even in the midst of all that came because he trusted the master planner himself and so he says I will liken a man that built his house upon a rock he says what he says this I know whom I have believed and he says I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day that word to him is precious thy word is to my feet a lamp says the psalmist dear Christian friends tonight be sure of this, be sure of it, that the deeper you dig, the stronger your spiritual muscles will grow and the better will be the edifice that you seek to be engaged with. And get rid of anything else, friend. Get rid of this idea of quick building, easy believism, if you like. But it doesn't really matter. Just have an edifice that's of no consequence. But the building here, there was this building, whatever comes, and that's our assurance tonight. It's not so much even the building itself. It's about, as we'll see in a minute, the foundation it was built on. But then there's another one here as well, isn't there? What we have in verse 26 forward. You see, he built his house. The same one. He built a house, as we mentioned earlier on. And it looks fine. And there's nothing saying that it looks any differently. When it was a good day, when the sun was shining, when there were no problems, everything looked fine, but ah, that didn't last. And the wind and the rain, notice the same for both came. It was the same for the man who had built on the rock and this man. The wind and the rain, exactly the same we have. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon the house. But if you like, on both houses then, but you see, here is a great difference for us. Looks good outwardly. No great or obvious difference there to be seen. It would be something, would it not, to be admired at a distance. Beautiful house, two beautiful buildings. They wouldn't look any different. How often that can be. And as any, if I know most of you here, to some degree at least. But if a stranger came in here tonight and stood where I'm standing and looked at you all, 
They all look the same in a sense, one sense at least. Well, they must all be Christians here. Is everyone here a Christian? Are you a Christian? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he your saviour? Are you built upon him? It's not about the outward form. This man here, he hoped as it were that maybe nobody would notice what it was built on. And so many are like that, my friends. He likely didn't want to put any great effort into it. Don't need to dig that deep. As I mentioned earlier, well, you don't need to be that strict in the things of God. You can't be lie loose to them. Here's one who wants an easy life, a foot in both cups. Isn't that what we had something of that? No one can serve two masters. Here's a man who wanted to serve two masters. This was his desire. He wanted an easy life without putting any effort whatsoever in it. Occasionally turn up at church, maybe every week, but really that's it. I've done my bit. I live the rest of the week as I like, as long as I'm seen in that way from the outside. And that will suffice. Oh, my friend, be careful. Be aware of the danger of easy believism in that way. And look at the result here. Well, we know. The house fell and great was the fall. I think these words, friends, I always find them as solemn as anything I read in Scripture. And great was the fall of it. It wasn't just, well, it fell down. Great was the fall of it. And what a fearful thought that the day will come when some people, as we have it here in verse 26, will say, Lord, we've prophesied in thy name, in thy name I've cast out, in thy name done many works. I never knew you. Great was the fall of it. Oh, there are many, friends, who hear the word, but they're not doers of it, as James speaks of having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Paul write to Timothy. My dear friend, if you're not built on the rock, beware of this. Your edifice is about to come crashing down, and great will be your fall indeed. And that's what Jesus tells us here. And dear friend, if your hope for eternity tonight is based on any structure other than what Scripture clearly teaches here. However impressive you may look, however much other people look at you and look up to you even, however religious you may seem to be, however much someone else thinks, oh, you're a fine Christian, even that you look like a Christian in the way you live, you act like a Christian. I tell you this, the day will reveal it for you and for me. My friends, dig deep. To assure you're building on that rock. Take no chances as it were at all. Hear and obey the instructions of how to be saved. So it's not about just hearing. It's about doing. Here are then two buildings. Look the same. But ultimately what they were built on shows. And we'll see thirdly and finally two foundations. Gently as well, is it not here, that they each built a house, but we're not told that they built the foundation itself. It was already there. One dig deep till he found it, till he came to the rock, and he built 
on it. And that's where the great mistake is made, is it not? People put in their own foundation. Friends, our nation is awash with superficial Christianity that is built not on the rock. And we have to face that and should not be ashamed to say that. And the same test here, friends, also notice for both. The same wind and the rain beating upon the house. And as we said, we're not told that they looked any different. And that, friends, should be alarming to us, I say again. What people see and how we are seen. But however grand a building looks, it must be built on the solid foundation. We all know that, or it will eventually fall. I often marvel at these huge, massive skyscrapers you see in some countries. How do they not fall down? Hurricanes come in some of these countries. How do they not fall down? Yes, they even seemingly, there's some movement in some of them, slight movement. They're built in that way. But yet, while there may be movement, they are built on the rock. You see, the provision for every storm has been made where? Not in the house, but in the foundation in the foundation. And you and I sometimes can feel the storms of this life and it feels as if we're just going to topple over. We feel that we're not be able to stand. But if we're built on the rock, my dear friends, we are safe for time and for eternity. And the wind may blow. And who here doesn't know anything, something about that wind blowing? Who doesn't know about opposition in this life? But if your feet, as it were, are planted in Christ and upon Christ, we need not fear what comes our way, whatever the hurricane may be. Provision is made for every storm. It has been made in Christ, in our foundation. Well then, what is true of what we read here and what is true of our foundation if we are Christians? For the other, the wind came and it fell. Why? Because it was built upon the sand. Again, a clear enough picture. I don't need to go into that. You see, what we are to do is to fully trust that what we have done for us in Christ cannot be moved. And we are united to him. So we cannot be separated from him. Neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor power. Romans 8, these wonderful verses at the end of Romans 8. That's the Christian friends. That's the sure hope that we have. And it's not about our outward appearance. It's about what we see with the eye of faith. We walk by faith. We believe by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. This is where the obedience comes in. And this is where the Christian can say, I know and I have believed. I am persuaded that, what he is, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. This is what is necessary and for us, friends. That's faith in the rock. That's what you and I need. But if we haven't got that, what have we got? The sand. You know, it's a fearful thing. And some people go on year after year after year with an outward respectability as far as being religious is concerned. 
and that is it. Hard to see any difference between some people. Are they not Christians? Oh, they seem to be following for years. They haven't misjudged that person. That woman is a really lovely woman. That man is he's an honest, upright man. And we come to clue, oh, they must be Christians. Ah, oh, how foolish, friends. And sometimes we may even be deluding other people by presupposing or even giving a hint to them, oh, of course you're a Christian. Every man, every woman, every boy and girl have to make that right between themselves and God. As much as we would love to gather our families in with us into the kingdom. We cannot. They have to do it between themselves and God. And oh friends, if all we have is an outward profession, and it's hard sometimes to know the difference between some and the professing believer. But if that is you tonight, you are building on the wrong foundation. It may well be that your religious life up till now and even to the day of your death will stand the test of time as far as those around you are concerned. But what then? When you stand before them, I did this and I did that and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Friends, we have to realize that a great day of testing is coming. It may be that you've had difficulties in your life. And you may be thinking, well, God help me in these things. It may well be that he has been kind to you in his common grace. But is that all that you have? That great day of testing. And that is coming for us all. We all have to realize that what we maybe have hidden from others around us, from everybody around us. We cannot hide it from our God. You see, friends, outward conformity will not stand the test of time when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So, friends, then, in conclusion, everyone here, and I mean every single person, you have heard the word, the plan of salvation, umpteen times. I know that. You know that. But it's one thing to have heard it. You have heard it. Have you done it? Have you done what is required of you? What is that required of you? To build upon the rock. To dig down. You see, friends, there is much profession sometimes without practice. As Bishop Ryle put it, open sin, he said, slays the thousands, but profession without practice, the ten thousands. Oh, that the Lord would keep you and I from just an outward forum and profession without our hearts being right before God. My dear friend tonight, sinner without Christ here, be honest with yourself and before God, before it's too late for you, 
and you'll be found out in the last day. And the question at the end of the day then is, who or what are you building on tonight as your hope for heaven? Storms will be yours, I have no doubt about it. Some here who are not believers have had terrible storms in this life, difficulties and trials. But the Christian has as well, maybe different. But who now are you depending on? When you've been shaken, is it going to be true of you that because you built on the sand that you are going to fall and great is the fall of it? And all friends think about this. What is the great fall? It's been condemned to a lost eternity under the judgment and the wrath of God. Why? Was it because you didn't hear? No. You heard, but you didn't do. Do what? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen. The Lord bless us. Lord God, we pray that thou would give us wisdom and grace to seek thee earnestly while thou art to be found. Oh, forbid that any of us here tonight would depend upon ourselves and our righteousness and our outward forum, but that we would be ready and prepared for that great day when we'll have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, having nothing but Christ, for that is all that we need. Lord, forbid that any of us would imagine that one way or the other that we will enter heaven as it were by a back door. There is but one way in and through Christ. May we know that way, but may we also believe in him, for that is where hope and salvation lies. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll conclude in Psalm number 2 again, and we'll sing the last uh, three verses. Thou shalt as with a weighty rod of iron break them all, and as a potter's shirt thou shalt them dash in pieces small. Now therefore, kings, be wise, be taught, ye judges of the earth. Serve God in fear, and see that ye join trembling with your mouth. Kiss ye the sun, lest in desire ye perish from the way. If once his wrath begin to burn, blessed all that on him stay. Thou shalt as with a weighty rod. Thou shalt with with a waiting rod Thank you.
intimations again as follows. God willing, the communion services beginning this week, Thursday at 7.30, taken by Reverend Harry Woods. And um, the Kirk session will meet actually half an hour before at 7 p.m. And Friday, uh, service at 7.30. On Saturday at 7 p.m. Please note the time there, 7 p.m. And the Sabbath uh, at 11 a.m. We have the Lord's Supper and the evening service at 6.30. Now all the services from Friday to Sabbath evening to be taken with Reverend David Fraser. And the Monday service at half past seven in the evening taken by Reverend David Rati. Now there are two sheets on the vestibule table setting out what help is needed for the communion season. If you're able to help, please sign your name in the appropriate place or places. And thanks for that. And all these subject to the will of God. Let us conclude. <coughs> the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest on and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.